Hey everyone, Chad here. Welcome to the Light Your Fire podcast, where it's my mission to light the human spirit on fire. Today's topic is to trust the work. Let me set it up. So I was watching TV the other day with my daughter, and we were searching Netflix for a good movie to watch, a new movie. We often do that, and we stumbled upon The School for Good and Evil. I recognized that right away because the author of the book series, The School for Good and Evil, was featured in the book Tribe of Mentors. I, I've talked about this book in the past. It's my all, all-time favorite book. It's my all-time go-to reference. It just is always, I always learn when I read it. I learn about me. I learn about uh, things that, things of the world. I, it just opens up my horizons. And the book, the Tim, Tim Ferriss wrote the book. He's written a number of different books, but this book in particular, what he did was he came up with a set of standard questions that he thought would draw out really interesting and insightful answers, and it did. And he sent those questions to all people across the spectrum, different industries from anywhere from CrossFit champions to billionaire investors to successful actors, actresses, writers, it, you name it, they're probably like that. What they do is probably featured in this book. Chefs, master swim coaches, everything, which is why it's it's such a great reference and such a, a great tool. You just get so many different perspectives and insights and and it really does broad, broaden your your horizon. So I love the book. And I remember the one of the the people in the book was the person that wrote the 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 school for good and evil. And so I went back and I referenced it. His name is Soman Shanini. I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly. But there was one one answer in particular that I remember really it stuck with me. And and I'm going to read that for you in a second, but I'm going to read a couple of his other answers as well because he's just one of those people that for me anyway, the way that he thinks and the way he articulates things I just I find it so meaningful and so insightful. So I want to share a little bit of that with you. But I'll start with the intro on him. So read right at the beginning. Uh, Tim gives a quick intro on who the person is before you dive into that chapter. And he starts out by saying, Soman is a detailed planner, filmmaker, and New York Times bestselling author. Soman's debut fiction series, The School for Good and Evil, has sold more than a million copies. And I'm sure it's way more than that by now. It has been translated into more than 20 languages across six continents and will soon be a film from Universal Pictures. Well, it, it seems to be now on Netflix. A graduate of Harvard University and Columbia University's MFA film program, Soman began his career as a screenwriter and director with his films playing at more than 150 film festivals around the world. He was recently named to the Out 100 and has received the $100,000 Shasha Grant and Sun Valley Writers Fellowships, fellowship, sorry, both for debut writers. Okay, so the, uh, the one that I want to read you, the question is, how has a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? Do you have a favorite failure of yours? And Soman answered, the biggest failure I ever had was with my thesis film at Columbia's Graduate Film School a movie I'd poured all of my savings into, nearly $25,000, and worked on for eight months. A day before my final showing to the faculty, I previewed it to a professor who recommended I slash it to pieces and completely recut it. Panicked, I followed his advice and presented the hacked-up version to the faculty the next day, who absolutely despised it. 
All credibility I'd earned among my professors over the past three years went up in smoke. A few weeks later, I ran into one of these disappointed faculty members, one who had been a huge supporter of my work before this and now could barely look at me. I told him the story of the last minute recutting. He asked to see the original version. When I showed it to him, his eyes lit up. Ah, now I see you. It was the most valuable lesson I ever received. Don't let someone knock you off course before you reach your destination. Trust the work. Always trust the work. And I mentioned this on a past episode, but I'll, I'll mention it again. I recently heard Rick Rubin talking on a podcast where he was, he, he was talking about how great art divides an audience. If, if it's something that you put out there and everyone's kind of okay with, it's not great art. It's not going to be something that lasts forever. It's just something that everyone else is doing. And so I think that was kind of the case with uh, Soman here um, in, in really creating something that divided an audience. The people that loved it really loved it because they saw him as the creator he is, as the artist he is, and what he was able to put together. And then the professor that told him to get rid of it was obviously you know, not in that camp. But that doesn't mean that you should change who you are as a person, as a creator, as an artist. You need to stick to your, your true calling and just trust your work. Okay, so let's dive into a couple of the other questions here because I think that they're very fascinating. I'll read you this one. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? He answers, there's this dazzling short story by Ted Shine. I probably pronounced that incorrectly. Sorry, Ted. Called Liking What You See that did a number on me. The story asserts that beauty has become a modern day super drug. With filtered and face-tuned social media, retouched models on advertisements, and rampant pornography, we've overloaded the senses so that our natural instincts can no longer recognize or react to real beauty anymore. And it's making us confused and miserable, both in how we judge ourselves and how we judge others. That crystal clear warning that beauty is literally ruining our lives has improved my life tenfold just by making me consciously aware of it and by making me ignore 90% of what's on Instagram. Okay, let's uh, jump into another one here. So what advice would you give to a smart, driven college student about to enter the real world? What advice should they ignore? He writes, advice I'd give, make sure you have something every day you're looking forward to. Maybe it's your job, maybe it's a basketball game after work, or a voice lesson, or your writing group, maybe it's a date. But have something every day that lights you up. It'll keep your soul hungry to create more of these moments. Advice to ignore. A little part of me dies every time someone tells me that they've taken a job as a stepping stone to something else when they clearly aren't invested in it. You have one life to live. Time is valuable. If you're using stepping stones, you're also likely relying on someone else's path or definition of success. Make your own. Okay, here we go. Uh, What are bad recommendations you hear in your profession or area of expertise. Too often, aspiring artists put pressure on themselves to make their creative work their only source of income. In my experience, it's a road to misery. If art is your sole source of income, then there's unrelenting pressure on that art. And mercenary pressure is the enemy of creative elves inside you trying to get the work done. Having another stream of income drains the pressure on your creative engine. If nothing comes of your art, you still have an ironclad plan to support yourself. As a result, your creative soul feels lighter and free to do its best work. I'm a personal practitioner of this. 
Even after three books and a hefty movie deal, I still tutor kids and help them with their college applications. My friends can't understand it, but it's the only way I know how to write without feeling like it's a matter of life and death. And I wanted to read this one as well. In the last five years, what have you become better at saying no to? I'm convinced that the reason Hollywood movies are often so terrible is because everyone is working on a thousand projects at once. No one is giving anything their full focus. Working on the school for good and evil has taught me to be patient. When I'm writing the book, that's all I'm working on. And I say no to everything else, no matter how lucrative. Do I miss opportunities? Sure. But it means that when it, when the book hits the shelves, I know that I've left everything on the page and that they're the absolute best I could have done, which, get, which gives them the greatest chance to survive through time. And inevitably, because I'm committing to maximum quality, better opportunities arise to replace the ones I've passed up. And there was one more that I thought was worthwhile. What is the book or books you've given most as a gift and why or what are the one to three books that have greatly influenced your life? He lists out three books here, but there's one that I want to read because this book is so powerful. The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I read this slim little I read this slim little book before any new creative project and it lights a torch fire inside me. The crisis with all creative work is that it requires us to trust that our generative voice inside us sorry. The crisis with all that creative work is that it requires us to trust that generative voice inside us while also silencing the negative ones. It's so easy to mix them up and end up quietly abandoning our our ambitions. It's why I became a pharmaceutical consultant at 21 years old, selling Viagra instead of writing fantasy like I do now. Half drill sergeant, half Zen voodoo master, Pressfield shot me out of my stupor and taught me the meaning of creative discipline. So there are two books. There's The Art of War and The War of Art, both great books. The Art of War is on military tactics and teaches a lot about strategy. The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, the one he referenced, is all about the the creative inside us and the resistance we face to unleash that creative. And it is a very, each page is very short, but so powerful and extremely meaningful. If you have a chance, I would definitely pick up The War of Art. I'd definitely pick up the book Tribe of Mentors. And maybe even check out The School for Good and Evil on Netflix. That's it. I'm out.